You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We've got a special Juneteenth edition of the Tech John, where this week we're joined by serial entrepreneur, business consultant, and Web3 strategist Florcy Morrissey to talk to us about Web3 and what's in it for us. But before we get to the interview, we talk about how only a couple of tech shows made it into a top 100 black podcast list, and we ponder if gunshot location systems actually do more harm than help. We've got all this and more in episode 40 of the Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly via Washington, D.C. today, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of the suburbs of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Happy Juneteenth, everybody, or I guess observed 20 Juneteenth Juneteenth on Monday. I guess it's observed on Monday, but I'm pretty sure everybody did their, well, I'm assuming everybody did their Juneteenth stuff yesterday alongside Father's Day, which I'm not, I don't know how I feel about that, that Father's Day, we already get the short end of the stick. Now we got to share a holiday. Is that what we're <laughs> so you, you know what? I, I, I'm right there a, it with you. It was just yesterday, right? Like it ain't going to be like that again for like 10 years or something or like well, calendar, calendar flip back over. Um, well, it will be close. It's like if you celebrate on the weekend, then we are forced to grill on our own holiday. So it, okay. it'll be four or five years before, you know, uh, you know, it's like, you know, Father's Day is either the weekend before or the weekend after. Uh, you know, depending on how far. Well, I guess Father's Day is always the second. It's always I mean, the second, you know, so it'll have to be when it's like, like when. The grill anyway. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I tell you straight up. <laughs> if I can avoid it, I can because I don't like cleaning my grill. So, as a Father's Day gift, I prematurely asked if y'all could just clean the grill for Father's Day. But now, change my mind. It's like, yeah, I don't even want y'all to do that because I don't even like grilling that much. So. I get around to it one of these days. And uh, so I just opted to do some other stuff. So my wife, uh, she actually showed out this year, uh, got me some tickets to my first MLS game uh, down at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium down here in Atlanta. So went to a soccer game, first soccer game. So that was pretty enjoyable. I I may have to be a regular because the energy was high and um, just watching soccer in general is a I want to say a new pastime hobby of mine since I'm kind of thumbs down. And it doesn't cost on, you half a paycheck. Um, down okay, here in well, Atlanta, you know what? Maybe in Atlanta, <laughs> I don't know. His face, face, face is telling a different story. <laughs> yeah, um, but the Atlanta United is a big time MLS soccer team. 2018, I want to say they won the national championship. Um, whatever the equivalent to the national championship is. So it's a big ticket, big ticket item. They do 
big time tailgating. So I took my son with me yesterday. So we we was there kind of early because my wife bought a Father's Day package, which enabled us to get there early and get some food and relax. Um, but like typically, if you go, it's like they do big time tailgating. And then once you get into the game, a typical soccer game, it's like people are up the whole game versus NFL. You know, it's like in between plays and then they got a big halftime where you're kind of just chilling. Mm-hmm. And with soccer, it's like you, 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 you move and you move. And if, if not watching the game, you know, the big, um, they've got big, um, um, what do you call them? Fan, fan groups. You know, they call ours the, the footies or something like that. And they're up waving flags. I don't know if you've seen a, a, a typical soccer game, but they do it big over in Europe to where mm-hmm. the whole stadium is rocking the whole game. And it's not that same, same like that over here. But they've got a nice section to where they're throwing chants, call and response for the whole yeah, entire game. They do that here, too. So I believe that uh, the Columbus crew had the first MLS purpose built stadium in the country um, back when they started the league. So we've had the stadium and we've had the crew since the beginning. They were one of the, you know, the original teams, I believe. So, you know, so way, way, way back in the day, I used to go to the games and just one of the things that I just made note of is like, you know, at least here in Columbus, it was it was really affordable. Like, you know, you could take your family to a game for what it would cost you to get one ticket to go see like Pittsburgh play or see even the Browns play. Uh, You know, it was you know, it was just like it, it wasn't cheap, but it wasn't like you were spending three, four hundred dollars a ticket you know, to get there. So um, maybe that has changed. This has been quite some time since I've last been. But, no, I mean, it's not three, $400 to get a ticket, but this ain't bring your whole family. If you got a family of five, you, you're going to be out some dope. <laughs> Only two okay. of us get to go. Right, right. So Pick, make a decision. Yep. <laughs> so I've Stephanie, I've never been to a soccer game. Um, so yeah, I, I have nothing to add. I will say, um, I was on DTNS last week and we talked about the fact that Apple is picking up all the MLS games uh, mm-hmm. now. So Apple TV and Apple TV plus will be where you have to go to get um, all your MLS viewing. It's definitely a good time. Had a good time. Like I said, I may go back on a regular. Like I said, I ain't going to be no season ticket holder or nothing like that. But, you know, uh, and um, Atlanta has been chosen as one of the World Cup uh, I don't know if they got a finalist or they are competing with a couple other cities, but Atlanta does have the World Cup in 2026, I think. I'd have to look that up. So it's Philly just big. got something too. Yeah, I have to look it up. Twenty. Yeah, I think we got. I think we got something soccer related, if I'm not mistaken, for the 250th. It's the 250th anniversary of something and then and then something soccer i'm looking at these these tickets these philadelphia union is our soccer team i'm looking at the mm-hmm. ticket prices some of them are reasonable some of them are a little pricey but <laughs> i wish that i was yeah into so. soccer more than i am i'm just i'm just not just i just grew up in an era where it wasn't a thing so it was completely missed for my generation well, most of and, us did. MLS yeah. didn't start to like the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. But so uh, FIFA has announced the 16 North American cities that will host the World Cup in 2026. U.S. locations are Atlanta, Boston, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, 
L.A., Miami, New York, New Jersey area, Philadelphia, San Francisco, yeah, and C- Seattle. That'll probably be we nuts were, for those uh, things. I knew we had gotten something because they had there was a big announcement on the news for a couple of days, and I was like, ah, soccer, all right, <laughs> and it kind of <laughs> went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> so, y'all, before we get into the uh, you know into our, our tech story, before we get to our guest, uh, I saw uh, just a post or an article. I'm not even sure what you would call it uh, from Feedspot. And they have this goes back to Friday on the on the seventeenth. They listed their one hundred best black podcast. Now I will you know I will you know when I look through this list I will say okay well this is missing clearly this one's missing this was missing, um, but the list is actually you know I recognize many 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 of the shows uh, you know that they listed, but what I noticed was that there was only truly one and a possible tech shows. There, there were two shows that you definitely would say are tech shows. Um, one of them, however, hasn't actually updated. They haven't posted anything since April. So I just think they might be on a hiatus. I think they do seasons. Um, the other one is, is actually quite good. It's called revision path. I want to say that it is the first podcast is actually in the, um, you know, in the black museum in DC. Uh, you know, so that, that is a ridiculously good show. Um, and, and it's, it's what on they this call? list. Uh, revision, um, uh, what's it? Revision path. And it's okay. basically, uh, where, uh, uh, I believe the guy's name is Maurice Cherry. He goes out mm-hmm. and he, uh, showcases, uh, like black creative folks who are doing digital stuff, um, from a creative mm-hmm. standpoint. So illustrators, designers, uh, you know, you know, you know, game developers, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and his show's been going on for years and it's actually really good. They've even got a job board and stuff over there. But those are the only two shows. What was listening. the other half a show? The, well, like I said, well, I don't want to call it a half a show. It's a, it's a, it's a complete show. Um, and, oh, wow. I just lost my train of thought. Um, you say like one and a half tech show. Uh, the reason I said one and a half is because the other show that I that I'm thinking of that definitely is a tech show is just in hiatus right now. So it's like you, you oh, can't even okay. go. You know, it's it hasn't put out shows since I think the middle or end of April. Um, I've got the list here in the link. It is towards the bottom of it. Uh, black black te- it was black tech something or that is it was it um was the list just U S based or was it like just black folks you know, all around I the didn't, global black folks. I, I didn't scrub it that thoroughly, but for most mm-hmm. of the shows th- that I recognize, it clearly were shows that are that are based here. Actually, some of them might even be in the UK, so it, it could be a global list, but I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Well, according to this, yeah. it says the best black podcast list curated from thousands of podcasts on the web. Doesn't say where. And ranked by traffic, social media followers, domain authority, and freshness. So, hey, freshness. I'm just Can like, I say the tech ain't fresh. <laughs> this is even not a thing about us not being on there. It's just tech shows in general. It's like, come on, y'all. You know, you know, two percent. Now there were there were some other shows. So there's like, uh, you know, nerd culture type shows. There is geek culture type shows. There were a couple or two or three of them. Um, but those aren't tech shows. I mean, if you're talking about anime, you're not necessarily talking about technology. If you're talking about, uh, even if it's like sci-fi, you're more talking about the sci-fi aspect of the show or the book that you're reading, not necessarily about, you know, regular technology. So I kind of put the asterisks next to those, but when it came to just pure 
this is a tech show uh, where you know you're going to hear tech stories uh, from the beginning to the end, or you're going to see people who are in technology who are being showcased from the beginning to the end. Just two shows. So that's 2%. And I'm just like, hey, come on, you know, my people, we need to get well, our listening up on these type of shows. I don't think there are that many shows. I mean, you know, not the pump us up, but I mean, I think we're doing something very unique here, you know, with, with the perspective that we give. And, and I don't know, like, I, that's why I asked about whether it was a, a U.S. Li- a domestic list or a global list because Techish is a UK based um, mm-hmm. tech podcast that I listen to. And, and they do uh, sometimes take you know, the, I mean, they, I think they do approach it from sort of a, a, a black perspective as well. I don't know, you know, how they're doing. Um, but I don't think there are that many tech podcasts that come at it from the frame of reference and the perspective that we do. And two things can be true at the time. Uh, <laughs> let me get on our people a little bit. Um, the reason why I read how they curated it web traffic, social media followers, the more popular black podcasts are podcasts that talk about popular culture. Mm-hmm. They talk about, you know, entertainment. Um, there's a couple on here that talk about sports. So my summation, my, my guess is people listen to podcasts, particularly to be entertained or entrepreneurial stuff. A lot of the podcasts on here were get right. your money right, get your mind right, get your right. health and your wellness right. and your, your money and financial. And then the rest is entertainment, right? Or it's so a I bunch think. of bootleg uh, relationship experts. Probably. Male and Pro- female. Probably. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I'm not, I ain't singling nobody out, but a, a bunch that, of wannabe relationship experts. And that type of stuff, in my opinion, I could be totally wrong, translates to entertainment. People will like to be entertained. I say in technology isn't entertaining, but I don't think people are aware that you can make technology entertaining. Most people, True. most tech podcasts I listen to um, are uh, facts and news, right? You really can't mm-hmm. argue the fact that Google came out with a new phone or uh, Twitter is figuring out what they're going to do with Elon Musk or whatever the case may be. That's kind of like we are looking at news and we're regurgitating. That's what most, a lot of the tech stuff that I listen to. Again, you can make that entertaining. We're trying to make that entertaining by doing it Mm -hmm. from a different perspective, giving our insights, having more of a conversation around tech versus just saying, wait for the new iPhone in September. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I think a lot of people think, a lot of black folks think that a technology podcast is, oh, they're just going to talk about gadgets. And I really don't care all that much. So, you know. And I don't want to sit here and listen to somebody nerds. basically read the newspaper. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's yeah. their that's that's my thinking of how they're thinking of how they're thinking okay. is not yeah. necessarily how it is. So right. the other show, right. and I'm sorry, I could not remember the name of this because it's actually in my podcast. You're actually listen to the show. It's Black Tech Unplugged. Uh, but I think they're on hiatus right now until they get to their and next season. So. Is that a will? Will somebody? Oh no, uh, uh, Will Luke. So this is why I say this list is far from complete. So Black Tech Green Money. When I when I think of Black yeah, Podcast, that's, that's probably the first one that comes off the top of my head. Just because you know, there's you know, you know, it's Will Lucas, you know, who I've met a couple times. Uh, so uh, and then also 
it's just it's, it's a big show. Uh, you know, he's you know, he, it's got some, you know, some oomph behind it. Um, so well, that's not even on this Apple list. Tech affiliation. Yeah, right. With, with that whole thing. So. And keep it a buck. I ain't never heard of speed spot. This could just be another listicle to where they got their people together. And it's like, I, right, yeah, we're going to say it's curated by based on traffic or whatever, but some blogger and it's probably it's just like, Google, let me think of some, some podcasts. Oh yeah. I listen somebody to this, one, Googled this one. black podcast and, and whoever's SEO was good enough to come up first was the ones that they picked. So, but I get the argument, Rob, I get well, what like I said. Going. I just, it's like because if, even if you move beyond this it. and you start getting into just the metrics and stuff like that, it's like, you know, overall technology podcasts are generally top 10. It's usually eight, nine, but overall is, is top 10. And for, uh, for African American listeners, it usually doesn't crack the top 20. Um, if it does, it's like 19. So it's just it, like, gotta make our zesty. That's yeah, a word I so, use in my vocabulary on a regular like, basis. I've taken it to my heart because I have been a tech podcaster since 2009. And it's like, so we out here, we out here. But anyway, I just, yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. Um, and like I said, we do have a guest uh, coming on this week. So we weren't really getting into the heavy uh, tech stories, but uh, this one I just wanted to talk about because it's just funny to me. And it's like only Google could do things like Google does things. But, uh, you know, have y'all heard uh, uh, Drake's, New album, and I think the third track on his album. I heard he announced an album. I heard he released an album. That's what I heard. So, <laughs> so one one of the tracks on this album is called uh, "Texaco Green," and he's basically, uh, you know, th- th- this this uh, this song is about somebody he he done broke up with, and or, or more importantly, somebody broke up with him. So yeah, he's yeah. sending him a message. And when they respond or when he sends it, it's green versus the color blue. So he's texting a girlfriend or somebody and they've blocked him. So when he sends it, it turns up green. So melancholy Drake is writing on this song talking about, Oh, right now. (laughs) So the, the reason that we are talking about this is because Google the company whose phone I use, uh, you know, whose operating system I use, they decided that they was going to be that old dude that they call Mr. Earl down at the club. That's like 66 trying to holler to 27 year olds, completely misunderstanding what Drake is rapping about. Um, and, and literally tweeted out, uh, you know, an, an explainer about why the texts are green. And what Apple can do mm-hmm. to fix it because only Apple engineers can fix this. It is like, this is a feature as far as this art is because, you know, song is concerned. You know, Apple ain't trying to fix this. I, you know, I, I, we've talked about this before when, when we did our green, bully, um, green bubble bully episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no chance that Apple is ever going to support anything that is cross platform. Um, unless MMS, SMS, is absolutely deprecated and it can't be used anymore. Or, and this is probably more probable, the EU moves closer to making them do something that's interoperable. But like I said, Google is just like, did y'all actually listen to the words of the song? What, what makes you think Apple? I don't even is- think they care. I think yeah. they just wanted to capitalize off of a moment to uh-huh. go viral and uh-huh. they got exactly what they wanted. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't even think anybody thought 
that deeply about it and and was like this doesn't represent what we actually like i'm sure somebody probably knew i'm i'm sure some 20 year old engineer software developer down there knew what was really going on but it, it got them what they wanted. It got them attention and that's what they wanted. And, you know, I just, I, I couldn't even get through the song to be perfectly honest. I was, I was here in the hotel room, like cl- clicked on the video just to have a frame of reference. And about two minutes in, I was like, man, I am clearly <laughs> not, not the, the target. Right. It's our guy. Yes, it is. No. And I have to, I got, I got to, I got to throw a quick sidebar into because it, it just broke my heart in two today. I was, I was, I was shooting, um, and I was on location with a couple of with three, there were three PAs, um, that were interns and I made a reference to Big Daddy Kane in one of the raps I was doing. And the boy, and the one guy was like, who? And when I tell you my whole world just, crumbled like like literally you could see my face just crumble and fall <laughs> i was like you don't know i said i have reached an age where there are people there are grown-ass adults mm-hmm. walking the streets who have never heard of big daddy Kane. it broke my heart so my first knee-jerk response would be like we're getting old right but no we ain't um, getting old i was older older look <laughs> older these, these gray hairs in my chin say otherwise but um so it's not really ultimately i don't think it's the young kids faults because if you were to ask me what you know about you know earth wind and fire frank and beverly mays Anita baker people who my parents will listen to i know the words i know the songs i know all that stuff because right our, but but the reason why that is is because when artists came out, they either had to be really good or the record label had to get the full machine behind them to get them out there to where we Uh-oh. still there. I think we lost parents. There nope. we go. You're back. back. No, I was saying um, there was real effort to go launching music to where we would actually then go buy it. These kids nowadays right. are inundated with so much too music. Many options. It's yeah, so too many options. It's so for an artist to hit a to get a banging song. They can go on social media and it could be a background noise for a trendy video and then boom. A TikTok they, that goes viral. Yeah, TikTok audio now that goes viral. Artist, now new audience now new uh, artists is on the scene because of a TikTok video, right? right? Mm-hmm. So as a says, I like it. Picasso is right, is, right. is viral. Yeah. And now all of a sudden the person well, who sang that song or whatever the case may be, now that's popping, right? Versus before mm-hmm. you really had to be entertaining or you had to have the full machine behind you. So these kids got too many options, so much more music out there to where they're education side of it they don't have to because music is all around them versus us we have but to go find pushed, that stuff i push back on him i see i, I see I, I definitely get what you're saying but i push mm-hmm. back on him because i was just like just like to your point where like you know i wasn't at an earth one Fire concert but i can't hide love is still one of my top three favorite songs of all time to this day you mm-hmm. know what i mean and I, you know, I, I said to the to the to the guy i was like well you know I wasn't at Temptations concerts, but I know who the Temptations are. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think there's 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 a, a level of I won't say disrespect necessarily, but just a lack of respect for no. 
history. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I get that. you know, I like knowing where music comes from and, and, and who were the artists of the day and, and everything. I just think, especially with hip hop, I just love hip hop so much that I'm just, you know, and I want the culture to be preserved. And that doesn't happen when, you know, you think, future is the hotness and you've never heard of big daddy Kane. like the culture doesn't get preserved that way and and it just i like i said it it just he didn't know who krs1 was um we were i started just rattling off a bunch of different names and he was just like um i don't i you know and i'm just like man and then the, the, the other camera guy you know he didn't know who jeffrey osborne was until he was at an event at Jeffrey Osborne's golf celebrity golf event shooting mm. Jeffrey Osborne. And I'm just like, damn. <laughs> I said, we are, we are losing our culture and, and, and we complain about everybody else appropriating and everybody else getting rich off our stuff, but we not being, you know, prudent keepers of, yeah, of that's our what own say. culture. Is that it our fault for not, I'll say, is it our fault for not passing the torch? Um, in, in some or, cases, yes, because uh, here's my, <laughs> I actually, uh, my daughter last summer, last summer, we were at an outdoor event because COVID and Frankie Beverly and Mays came on. I don't even got to tell y'all the song, but one of my daughter's friends said, I can't believe they sampled Beyonce. I'm like, wow. What? She would have had to go. I was like, I'm taking now, you home. Now, fortunately, <laughs> my daughter was able to actually let her know. I was like, oh no, that's that's like that's like one of those old school songs that my grandparents actually used to listen to. So that just, that's true. <laughs> but it's like you thought because Beyonce did it that Beyonce actually created it that. And so it's bad. like it's like she even <laughs> she even, you know, makes homage to Frankie Beverly in Bays in the song when she's doing it live. So it's just like, how, how do you, how do you not know this? And then the other thing too, I don't, we don't have DJs the way we had DJs back in the day. And, you know, sampling was huge. And because the DJ was so creative with the sample, you wanted to know where that sample came from. And so you went back and learned those. Like Kanye still does some decent sampling, but like these DJs and these producers out here these days, they ain't respecting their craft enough to really go back and dig through crates. Nobody digs through crates anymore and, 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 you know, looks for that one little, you know, five second loop that they can, you know, loop and make into a whole song. And it's just like, it's, it's just a whole art, art form and culture that's like dying. Yeah, there's some people still trying to, like you said, um, gatekeepers still trying to do that. Um, but again, mm-hmm. when a rapper comes to him, it's like, yo, I need 10 tracks by next week, you know, right? <laughs> a producer like, may just be like, uh, here, right? <laughs> it is, so, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame. It just, it just, it just broke my heart. That's all I can say. It just broke my heart. So y'all, so so last week we ran a little long, so we did not get to this story. But I, you know, I did want to kind of circle back to it because I think it was an important one. And I'm just going to do the read here. Uh, you know, is gunshot is gunshot detection software part of the gun violence solution, or will it just cause more problems? And I thought that this will be a good thing to come back to because you know we've had you know just these ridiculous shootings here over the last month or five or six weeks or so. And it seems like we keep trying to come up with stuff that's like not really addressing, you know, addressing the problem. 
but it's like, well, can we fix this? Can we fix that? So, so basically, you know, for those who don't know, you know, in, in, it's not even in large cities, but in many cities, they have these giant, uh, you know, microphones set up. Um, generally where you would have like your tornado warnings and, you know, just alert warnings and stuff like that. And these microphones, you know, they're listening for gunshots. And then like, you know, there's multiple poles that have these microphones. So they ultimately will triangulate and try to figure mm-hmm. out where the gunshots are. Um, I'm not going to, I, I, I want to play moderator on this one. I'm going to let you guys go and, you know, and talk about what you, you know, what you want to say. But the question is, are these things making you safer or, are they exacerbating, you know, just other issues, you know, that, that come out? Well, I would say it is a after the fact issue. And what I mean by that is gunshot detection will enable departments, police departments, government officials, detectives, whomever, after a uh, an incident happens, you know, right. and somebody gets shot or not. They can go back and say, oh, well, came from this direction. And as a result of it coming from this detection, this direction, we can assume that this, that and the third happened. But that's after the fact, like mm-hmm. that goes back to what you somebody said. Somebody still got shot. Somebody still got shot. So are we trying to address the problem or are we just trying to after the fact go back and say, OK, well, Let's prosecute. Let's let's, you know, let's let's figure out what happened. America is big on let's figure out what happened instead of let's try to stop it from happening in the first place. So that would be my big takeaway from that. It is. It's a huge bandaid. I I put this story in there a couple weeks ago just because of how horrible the technology doesn't work. Um, there were a couple stats that caught my eye really quickly in the Detroit program that is currently under review. Um, the, the amount based on the number of guns they actually got off the street using this gunshot detection technology, it cost them $5,837 per gun to get these guns for the cost of the software. So that's not really a good ROI uh, on some software. And then in Chicago, they were getting reports of up to 60 false alarms per day. So now that is time and resources and effort from the police department to follow up on every call and, you know, keep running in and out of of the neighborhoods. And that doesn't even begin to address the fact that if you got 60 false alarms a day, that's 60 times when an officer is going to be hopped up on adrenaline, running into a neighborhood, Mm -hmm. usually a black neighborhood, expecting to find somebody with a weapon when it might have just been a car backfire with guns drawn and that's somebody's life loss. So it, it just the 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 overwhelming failure of this software was what jumped out at me, and the fact that there are still uh, municipalities that use it is is just ridiculous. Because again, that just ends up with more black lives being lost. That was the the big thing for me is that these things are mostly in black neighborhoods, um, and you have so many false positives that as Stephanie said, you are, you know, you know, the the police are coming in and they're already, okay, somebody got a gun. They are ready to shoot with the quickness. And it's not like that is not an issue within our community already. So it's like, you know, I, I am all for, you know, figuring out who committed crimes, figuring out who did things. I'm all for that. But it's like, when you look at the cost of this, it's like, 
There are so many other things you could do. Why not open up like a slew of community centers and like after school programs and get things in there that's going to keep, you know, because generally the, the way they're using this, because um, like I said, I'll, I'll just get on my, on my muscle box here. This is not going to solve a single school shooting. Um, the reason we're talking about it now is because there have been, you know, school shootings. There was a shooting in the, you know, in the grocery store in Buffalo, you know, these mass shootings. These are not going to, you know, these are not going to help with that at all because when you really think about it, they pretty very quickly, you know, figure out who is committing those crimes. This doesn't help that at all, but because those are the things that are happening right now, we want to go. And, you know, and, and spend these enormous amounts of money on this system that is just an after the fact system when I think there's so many things you could do. And I'm pro Second Amendment. I don't I don't have a problem with people owning firearms responsibly. Um, I just think that if, you know, like I said, we're, we're not, not going to turn this into a political you know, you know, conversation. But when you have the overwhelming majority of the country that wants just like common, you know, in order for you to buy a gun, let's use common sense on whether or not you should be able to get one or not. Just just simple stuff like that is so difficult to get through. And if we just focus there more, I, mean, I don't know that we can focus there more. I don't know what the solution is, but I just I don't know that spending this ridiculous amount of money on these gunshot microphone systems is uh, well, somebody's getting paid. location system. Somebody's, somebody's getting paid, getting paid. and all. capitalism yeah. is American way. So again, it's how can we exactly like it's supposed to? Uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. How That's can we? How can we figure out how to get make uh, figure out how to get some more money to give to an already rich person? Sure, let's come up with some gun detection software, and then the contractor that's probably already in cahoots with some government contract and gave some money to somebody's political campaign. Boom! Now they mm-hmm. got a five point seven million dollar contract to mm-hmm. throw some microphones up in the hood. That's and, it. And here's and, here's and, my last point on this. Get shot up as a result. Here's my last point right. on this. Um, we all have worked extensively with technology and IT. We tend to want things to be fairly accurate. How is it that we're we're looking at systems like this that are so inaccurate (laughs) yet we're still using them? I mean, we, we, you know, you know, it's just, we, we talk about bias in, in, in AI. This is not an AI thing. This is just the software is just not very good. Or, or this, I should say the software, the system is not very good at, uh, you know, at this, you know, determining that this is actually a gunshot as compared to this not being a gunshot. So it's just, it's just interesting to me that America. we are just so easily willing to spend all this money on these systems when you could take that same money and put them towards social programs, it would actually help probably, you know, significantly more. But it's like, no, we no, don't want to use money to help people. We want to use money to help police after re-elected. people have been shot. They want to use the money. They want to use the money to help people. What people? Right. Yeah. So, but anyway, social service programs don't get you (laughs) reelected. That is true. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But y'all, like we said at the beginning of the show, we have a guest on this week. So, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guests while I bring them up on stage? So, Floor C. Morissette is a savvy businesswoman and the perfect trifecta of creativity, culture, and crypto. She is a serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and Web3 consultant with 15 years of leadership experience across technology and art. Florcy is best known for bootstrapping her first business and scaling it to a million dollars in sales at the age of 26. Florcy has become a trusted leader uh, for Dell Technologies, Netflix, Spooky, and Spooky Fresh, her latest NFT project. Florcy's mission is dedicated to onboarding 1 million women and diverse creators into the Web3 space through her consultancy. She guides business leaders and brands on devising NFT product launches and go-to-market strategies. Florcy is a sought-after keynote speaker, facilitator, and the soon-to-be author of The Essentials Guide to NFTs, Unlock the Power of Non-Fungible Tokens and Blockchain Technology, and a friend of mine who I am so happy to see on this screen. Uh, Florcy, thank you so much for joining us here on The Tech Show. Yes, Stephanie, thank you for the invitation. Uh, this is exciting. My apologies for probably being a little late, just trying to get the login details. I'm at a conference, but I am so excited to be here and talking about the topic of Web3 and specifically for us. Absolutely. So let's let's go to the basics because you know I like to I like to do it, explain it to me like I'm five kind of deal. <laughs> e L I five. What is Web three? What does that mean? We we're hearing that term get thrown around a lot lately. I guess this is where the internet is headed. Um, but I don't know that a lot of people still really have a a, a really solid understanding of what Web three actually entails. So can you break that down for us? Yeah. So in its simplest form, Web3 is the third iteration of the Internet. Um, it allows for immersive experiences and it additionally really allows for folks to own and monetize their data and their content. Um, the first iteration was, as you could think, was when those big IBM um, storage centers where it would just print out documents. It was only read only and you could just get information. The second iteration was where you got chat features, e-commerce, social media. The third iteration is where we're going into now, which is uh, this idea of immersive technology experience and web experience where everyone's able to own their data. So you think about Google and Facebook, they're selling our data. In this Web3, which is is the ideology of a space, it's not created yet, we're on our way. Um, Mm -hmm. But the ideology behind it is that we would own and monetize our own data in its simplest form. Okay, I appreciate that because especially the fact that you said it's not created yet. Yeah, I think the way it's being sort of marketed right now is that we are in Web3, get ready for Web3, be prepared for Web3, 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 Web3. And and it's an evolution and and we're on our way, but the Internet is not going to look, you know, 180 degrees different tomorrow. 
No, not tomorrow. Maybe about two years right now. Okay. Um, okay. So, so another analogy that I'll give you is, you know, remember when the chat feature came out? It was like AOL chat. It was a singular chat feature. And then it it became ubiquitous. It became embedded in every application that you utilize today. Any internet site, mm-hmm. it was legitimately the gateway for what Web2 is, which was the idea that we could read and write. NFTs is what we're dealing with now. Cryptocurrency is what we're dealing with now, which truly exists. The blockchain, which we're dealing with now, are all three types of technologies. And those are going to be what is the gateway to Web3. And so it needs to crash, which it's doing right now, so that we can all, we're getting out all of the folks that are here from cash grabs. And so that the builders could actually build. It's going to take a lot of resources because this is not being built by corporations, although corporations are building their applications, meaning their website, which is an example of that is Meta. And we heard something similar like block, but I won't get go too far. I'll slow down. Um, I could take us back to even NFTs and to the metaverse and the Web3 because it literally is an umbrella. We're leading our way down to the Web3 space. Okay. So I like it. So, Florcy, one of the questions um, I wanted to ask, and actually, you know, I, I think a lot of our listeners might have this on their mind. I read an article today where it was like, you know, basically the, the gist of the article is what's going on with crypto? What's going on with NFTs? Because everybody is like, you know, pulling their hair out and it's kind of like the sky is falling because I believe that if you just talk about Bitcoin, Bitcoin has lost half its value this year. I think Ethereum is down 70%. And I think crypto in general overall, if you go all the way back to November of last year, at the height of everything, is down almost 72 73%. So you, you, there's a lot of folks who are now saying, particularly our audience, hey, I put that $50 into uh, you know in, in the cash app to buy Bitcoin, and now my $50 is only worth $22. I'm never going to ever do this again. And, you know, so what What can you say to folks who are thinking that, that you know, that is not what you want to do? You want to actually learn as much as you can, uh, you know, but, you know, yes. what, what what just what tidbits do you have for folks who are thinking like that? Because that, that is something that I hear quite often. It's down. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to trust this again. So I want to take to take that question and separate into two questions. Um, one, I want folks to understand what is actually happening right now. And then second, I'll give some encouragement because we need encouragement in this time and it's not we easy. Do. We need um, a good word. <laughs> yeah, we need a good word. And we do. Um, I w- I just pulled up something on my on my uh, phone um, on Twitter. I posted this and there's tons of graphs, but literally the, 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 the tweet is the world is acting like Bitcoin didn't drop to $3,867 in 2020, 20, and run up and skyrocket to 64,000. The reality is NFTs, cryptocurrency are a digital or an investment asset. It's an investment asset similar to stock. The great thing that we're having is there used to be a lot of volatility where Bitcoin could be in the morning, it could be 10,000, at night it's 5,000. Right now, Bitcoin is moving alongside with the the stock market. And what we want to look at is what are the micro conditions that we're living under right now? We're at, there's a war in the Middle East. We're not at the war, but there is a war happening. Inflation is happening. We're still in a pandemic that we're 
trying to get out of and fighting tooth and nail. There's recession that is on our heels. And so right now, the stock market and people are just pulling out their money and liquidity, which is bringing crypto down. And so that's what's actually happening. This is not the time. You've already put the $50 in. Leave it in there. It's probably worth $25. That $25 ain't going to buy you nothing. Forget about it. (laughs) And any investment that you're investing, (laughs) you know, they're not going to buy. I actually went and bought an NFT the other day at a gallery. And they were like, oh, you could buy it with your wallet. And I'm like, it's more expensive to buy with my cryptocurrency. It's cheaper to buy it with cash. Because when I bought ETH, which is the second highest cryptocurrency, and I bought it at, at two thousand. It is at a thousand dollars now. So it would have cost me six hundred dollars to buy with my ETH. This is a sale. It is a bargain. This is the time for us to buy. So my word of encouragement is: Why is it important? Why is it important for us to buy right now? We've never. We rarely. It's a mindset issue that I feel that our community has, meaning behavior and one and why to invest. They want everyone else to kind of test it out and kind of, and I know we don't have a lot of resources, but if you put 10, 15%, that extra, I will say coffee every day and you start investing, you can actually by the end of this year, have a thousand dollars worth of an NF and an ETH, which can rise up to at least at the, last year, it ran up to about $6,000, which is a six X. We need to start investing. And if we don't invest, we at least at minimum, right, at no cost, need to start learning. There's a saying in our community that we're all going to make it. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going on long. But there's a saying in our community oh, yeah. that we're all going to make it. The, to make it means you got to put some elbow grease in. You have to build. You have to learn. You have to kind of flex that muscle that we've never done before. And this is the time. It's not all about fun and games. My space was easy. Because it was fun. This is real work. And it takes a little bit of effort. And I do want to encourage people by educating them how to think about it and what it is and hopefully empowering them to make the decision that's right for them. And I'm not saying that, you know, put your whole savings in this. I'm just saying put 5 to 10% of some of your savings and see what it does. At this point, what do you have to lose? Yeah, it's it's definitely cheap. And I'm so glad you said this uh, at the beginning uh, of your statement here about volatility Um, in general is, uh, you know, is cryptocurrency more volatile than, let's say, the S&P 500? Yeah, a little bit. But I think what people are not understanding is that because something is going down consistently does not mean it is volatile. It just means it's going down. Volatility is like you said, it was 5,000 in the morning. It was 10,000 in the middle of the afternoon. And then it was like, you know, you know, 2,800, you know, that night that's ridiculous volatility, you know, and, and that has been, you know, an issue, uh, you know, in, in the before times, not so much lately. I think now people are just saying when something is coming down, oh, it's volatile. It's like, no, that's not necessarily volatile. It's just losing value right now. And one of the things that, you know, because, you know, I am a crypto investor. Um, I try to say to people, it's like, you know, if you're averaging in to this stuff, it, you know, it, you know, it, it doesn't feel like you put, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go buy at the very top. 
and you know and then it comes down and you feel like you lost everything if you just okay i'm just going to put some in you know you know every other week or every month i'm just going to put a little bit here a little bit there well you're averaging in so if it comes down well you're actually now buying at a lower rate if it goes back up well you're spending a little bit more but you're ultimately averaging in assuming that over the long haul everything is going to go up so yeah I'm just glad that I can get folks on here that can come and actually say that, uh, you know, much more eloquently than I can. Well, well, uh, well, I would say, well, she didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you no, know you what? Said that. I, you didn't say it. Let me ask you this. Do you agree with what I just said? Absolutely. Averaging in is um, a key tactic into any investing strategy. Additionally, a second one I would say is investing in the top three assets. You don't want to be in. I'm sorry, folks. Doge is not a true cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. It is a meme coin. Right. So you want to in, be investing in crypt, uh, Bitcoin, ETH, maybe Polygon, uh, uh, a cryptocurrency that has utility, right. which means it what has about um, what? What are your thoughts on Solana? So interesting. So Solana, I was just having a conversation. Solana is a is, is going through some heat right now, but they have a strong community. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. I have to look at on the list. It's not in the top. I don't know if it's in the top 10. I doubt it actually is in the top 10, but it is. A, it has a strong community. I would honestly, I would only and please everyone do your own research. I'm not a financial advisor, so I advise you to do your research. Um, I would only advise, and this is what I do for myself, is investing in Bitcoin and ETH. I'm not looking at anything else. And mind you, I've built on Polygon and I'm not investing in Polygon. Right. And when you say E, you mean what? I think she's saying E. E. Ethereum. Okay. Okay. Yeah, make sure. Ethereum. Sorry. All right. So I have two questions. Listen, language is important. Yes. Please. (laughs) So as a resident cynic, uh, I have two questions. (laughs) Um, When cryptocurrency came out, it's one of the main sticking points as to why you should get on this train is because it's decentralized and it's separate from the government and they're separate for the financial institution. And there's no one bank that controls all of your money and you can do whatever you want to do with it. Right. But when you look at the market now, it looks like as the market is going down, as financial stock market is going down, so is cryptocurrency going down. So it's almost like it's connected when the whole selling point was it's disconnected. So how do you, what do you say to the people who think that, well, if cryptocurrency is going to come right down with the stock market, with financial institutions, with all the things that's going on in the market, why not just leave my money in the stocks? Why do this whole new thing when it's going to do the same thing as what I'm used to? So that's the first question. And then the second question is, why is there so much hate? on web three i've been on the internet i've been on twitter i've been seeing a lot of people talk about all oh, web three is so on and so forth and this and that and the other and i see that a lot from the people who have quote unquote made it in the web two space so why do you think those web two people who have made it are kind of bad mouthing web three all right i'm gonna answer web three answer first um People hate what they don't understand. Okay. People hate what they can't tap into, period. Mm -hmm. I'll go more into it. 
But um, your first question around what is decentralization, I think I need to define that because the idea that decentralization and the stock market moving at this um, in alignment and there being some um, codependence there, um, it really is macroeconomics of what's happening in the world. What decentralization is specifically is that it's not controlled by a central authority, i.e. the bank, i.e. There is some cons to that and some negative disadvantages to not having a decentralized. Um, Listen. So I want to let you finish your thought on, um, you know, on how cryptocurrency and, uh, you know, the central banks are not delinked, but they can move in tandem with each other. Yeah, the same way that institutional stock investors um, can move the stock market up and down by you know, moving their money, buying at the same time, and they can drive the markets the same way um, investors can do it. However, the, the reality is the control um, and the regulation, and that's what decentralization means. There's, it's not regulated by one body. The essence and the definition of what Web3 stands for is this idea that it is not as transparent um, it's permissionless. You don't need somebody's permission to do business on it. It's open. Um, and, and there's a whole a lot of other features. And it, it, it's I think those are the three key features that are really important. And that idea of decentralization mimics and embodies that. And that's what makes it very different. Um, I will say that our community has been taken advantage of. When I say our community, black, marginalized folks of color have been taken advantage of. There have been a lot of scams that are out there. And people are always hesitant. We don't have a lot to put out there and invest. And so when I do hear people that are skeptics, I say, okay, don't invest, but learn. Because the reality is it's cryptocurrency is just one piece of the puzzle. There's NFTs. And NFTs in itself is a bigger piece of the pie. Blockchain technology is really at the heart of where this is going. And that's what's going to really redefine industries and different verticals as we move forward. That may disrupt your job and your mm-hmm. livelihood if you don't start thinking about what do, what do you want to learn in this space and how can you apply this technology into your business? Well said, well said. Well, I think we uh, we are definitely going to have you back. I mean, I, I think there's there's so much more here to unpack, and and you've you've done a, a phenomenal job of sort of taking it and breaking it down and and putting it in language that you know we can understand that our audience can understand. Really showing us the the urgency and and the need to to educate ourselves so uh we we just thank you for that we really really appreciate it this was i mean even this this little bit that we were able to get with you today was was super super helpful um you know super explanatory um and and i'm looking forward to having you back i do want to again just shout out the book real quick um when is the book coming out so it's on the way right late July. It'll be coming out in late July. And um, the one piece that I would like to share, and what I think is really important is for folks that really think about the technology of Web3 and really thinking about musicians, how they can now get the full full force of their streaming, how it can, how it can um, innovate the law, the medical field in terms of our documentation and our medical records, mm-hmm. marketing and tracking, you know, leads and things of that nature. There is a whole host of information out there. And that's what I'm writing about. I'm writing about how 
will you be able to apply this technology in your business that you're doing and how to onboard into the space in a safe and controlled manner. And so, Steph, again, I thank you for the opportunity. I apologize so much. I owe you one. Please. We were happy to have you. Yeah. But just thank you for the opportunity. For folks that have questions, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Reach out to me. Um, I do have a whole post of notes. I was super prepared because I'm a nerd. Yeah. Like, oh, you're coming back. No, we will get, get you back. We'll get you back. I had so much more to give. And um, I feel like I haven't quite done you guys a service. But, you know, today it's a it's a this conversation is about telling them once and then reminding them what you told them and then tell them again, because it, it's going to be a next conversation over the next five to seven years. Amen. I love it. I love to see it. And we will get you back on the calendar Thank for you. July. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right. So Thank for, you so, all. So, Thank you so much for, uh, you know, for joining us. We're going to go ahead and let you go and get back to your conference. And like I said, we definitely going to have you back on. Well, we'll tell the folks where they can find you, social media and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. So folks can Google my name, Fleurs Morissette. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and then at Crypto Flossing. I'm on Twitter as well as IG. And then I'm having a website that I'm redesigning as well. So um, LinkedIn, anywhere you want to find me or on my website. And we will definitely drop all your socials in our in our show notes so folks can get at you pretty easily by just clicking the link. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to share. Right, so thank, thank you, you for honey. being with us. Talk to you soon. All righty. Bye now. Have fun. Man, see, that's what I'm talking about. Explain it to me like I'm five. It's so funny. Um, I saw Florcy at the Roots picnic um, a couple weeks back in Philly and you know we was just catching up and and I knew she was in this space and 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 doing this type of stuff so I was just like you gotta come on the podcast come on the podcast she's like all right come on the podcast so just you know the connects we are definitely going to get her back because yeah this is it's a super super important conversation to have um this is uh, our third guest that has talked about cryptocurrency blockchain nft web3 um, that we've had on this show and we always have a ton of comments um, those are usually some of the best clips to get the most views because people are interested in this stuff and, and, the, and the one thing that I just implore folks who are listening to this because we are going through a downtime right now don't just ignore it don't just put it out of your mind as as Forcey said if you're not going to invest right now that's fine but learn learn something that's about right. it um, you know, I've actually recently had a conversation with someone and they were like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing anything with that crypto. It's, 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 it's just wait, you know, in their, in their mind, way too volatile. So, so what's volatile about it? Of course, they couldn't determine or you couldn't define what, you know, what they meant by saying that. And so it's just not for me. And that's okay. I'm not trying to pressure anybody into doing anything that they don't want to do. But then the next question is, okay, well, are you actually doing anything as far as, you know, up in your game of financial literacy? Are you learning how stocks and bonds work? Are you learning how real estate works? Are you learning how any of these other financial vehicles work? It's like, well, no, I'm not doing that either. And I said, well, that, that's where you don't want to be. You know, if you, if you are anti crypto, that's fine. But definitely learn how stocks and bonds work. Learn how real estate works. Learn how other things work. You know, right. it don't cost nothing to mm-hmm. to visit a website or, you know, Google what is crypto. You know what I mean? It, that that literally costs nothing. So, you know, I think this is a message. Uh, like she said, tell them once, tell them again, tell them what you told them. Um, this is one of those messages that I don't think we can talk about enough um, because, you know, we do tend to get left behind in these things when these new technologies come up, when these new 
financial vehicles come up. Um, we still don't have enough black folks invested in the stock market, you know, as it is. So this is another opportunity where we have the potential to be completely left out of the conversation. Uh, but we also have the potential to be right here on the ground floor of the conversation as well if we choose to engage. And, and that's all we're trying to get folks to do right now. Just engage and, and take the time to learn. Yeah, and I would just say that, you know, when it comes to, you know, black and brown folks and and, and poor white folks as well, you know, there there's this term, it's called underbanked, to where you have a lot of folks, they don't even have a bank account. They don't have a checking account. The way they are able to cash checks is Walmart or or Target or something like that. And I'm not knocking those systems. They're there and they're in place for a reason. But, you know, but there is a big issue, uh, you know, with being underbanked. So, I, you know, I'm working on a, a guest for the future that is going to come in is not going to talk about crypto. They're just going to talk about financial literacy. Just financial literacy in general it doesn't have to be crypto, doesn't have to be Bitcoin, doesn't have to be blockchain. It just just know how your money works, because when you know how it works, you, you have you have options that you don't have when you don't know how it works. Right. I'm starting to think maybe Jay-Z and Jack Dorsey is on to something with their little Bitcoin Academy. I don't know. <laughs> we said this last week when we talked about it. It's never bad to learn. I'm going to just go out on it like I'm not stumping for either one of them. They got more than enough money. They don't need me trying to put more in their pockets. But I'm just going to say this. My gut would tell me that the people who go through this program at the very least will know more about financial literacy than they did before they start. That's, that's what it. my gut tells me. The average person would be, you know, in that. And, and that's a win. You know, we talked about that last week. You don't have to go be the next Bitcoin billionaire um, after going through Jay-Z's course. But if you learn what money is, you learn how money works for you, you could potentially better your situation. And that's that's all that I'm, you know, all that I'm hoping people uh, you know, take away from these conversations. Well, so, we're we looking at the clock <laughs> over again. Um, so we can go ahead and wrap up the show and get into our after party. So, Stephanie, um, why don't you go ahead? Tell the folks I didn't get to you. I'm all around the web at Tech Life Steph, and you can check out my website at tilldeathdotweet.com. And you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And in addition to this podcast, you can check me on my SnobOS podcast where we talk all things Apple and then some at snoboscast.com. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we also are at the tech John on all the things. And, uh, and I didn't say this at the beginning. So I'm going to say it now. We also are on Patreon. So, so many, if we've got, you know, new folks who are listening to us right now, it's probably because they clicked on our Patreon link, went and actually, uh, see our live stream, uh, video streaming. Um, but normally our live stream and our after party are patron, uh, benefits. So in order to do that, you just want to head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John and any level that you would sign up. I think we have three tiers over there. Any tier, uh, will get you access to our live stream and after party. And then our top tier will actually get you a ad free RSS for your podcatcher. So just wanted to uh, remind folks about how you can support the show over on patreon.com forward slash the tech John. And with that, we'll meet again in one week's time. Peace. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.